What I am saying is you need to check yourself. Who are you there for? Who are you there for? Who are you following? Are you following church leadership and worship pastors and good music and moral teaching? Or are you surrendering to the Lordship of Christ? Because mm. if you're surrendering to the Lordship of Christ, Christ commands us to be in the church. Dads, where all things are for dads, through dads, and to dads, as well as the aspiring husband and father. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband, father, hip-hop artist, and co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries. To my right, as always, my man, Andrew, high school tease on Grant. Do the jump, do the jump. Pumping me up, Dusty. Pumping me up, bro. <laughs> Real quick, I just want to send a big shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you guys so much. You've helped us so much, and we continue to do this uh, because of your support and because of God's calling on our life. Mm. If you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash reformdads, mm -hmm. and you'll get access to full episodes, behind-the-scenes footage, all kinds of cool stuff. Even discounts on buying coffee mm. mugs. Mugs. Mug yeah. club. Mug club. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, we're really excited today. Um, we're going to have a topic discussion, and the topic is walking away from the church. Mm. Such a you know hot button issue, hot topic in culture today. There's a lot of Christian musicians. Obviously, there's a lot of people walking away from the faith, but I see it in popular Christian culture. You hear of these big Christian artists who are you know musicians or pastors yeah. um, who walk away from the church yeah. and they walk away from the faith. So we wanted to discuss that. And, you know, one of the first questions, uh, you know, I wanted to say is why do people walk away from the church? Wow. Yeah. There's so many reasons. It's a, yeah, it's, that's a heavy and a loaded question. So us in our reformed sense, the reason why people walk away from the church is because the church doesn't save you. God saves you. Sure. Number one. So if someone was to walk away from the church, let's say they're professing faith. This is the category we'll put it in. People who profess, profess faith, faith for Christ. years and years, and then all of a sudden they want to turn away from the faith. And they say, well, you know, if you look at most articles nowadays with people, like you said, musicians that are denouncing the faith, even famous YouTubers that are denouncing the faith, becoming agnostic, they usually pose it questions that were never answered. Sure. Right? So... Especially in the, in the forms of Reformed Dads, the way we want to look at it is dis discipleship. These questions that they ask, like uh, problems with evil. Why does God allow suffering? Sure. Why did, they, why did God order the Israelites to slaughter other people? Sure. How could a loving God do such things? The questions that they never had answered for them. And I would say that's a lack of biblical uh, discipleship, number one, from their families. Sure. Yeah. A and, you know... These questions that they they don't have answered, it's interesting though because we don't really treat any other area of life in that way. Hmm. Like uh, I don't walk away from um, mathematics. 
because I don't understand a math equation. Like right. I still operate in a world where mathematics are necessary. I don't know if that's an equal comparison. Well, no, I, I think it is. I think that's a, a beautiful comparison because it gets to the point to, well, to say this, well, if you have an issue with theodicy, which is the problem of evil and there's, there's a loving God, well, how could you even call evil bad if God didn't exist? Right. Right? There has to, you're positing a moral absolute. Sure. And that means there's someone who gives that moral absolute. Right. Just like mathematics, like you said, you can sit there and deny 2 plus 2 equals 4 all day. It doesn't change the fact that right. 2 plus 2 equals 4 because those are ideas that live outside of this realm of existence that sure. we can point to. And we, st- we operate in that world regardless. Yeah. Right? And we have to use those things. We have to use that absolute standard, absolute morality, reason, those things. So to say... You know, I don't understand something, so I'm going to leave the faith, right? Right. There's too many unanswered questions. Well, that poses uh, a problem in, you know, we see that their discipleship obviously isn't strong. Maybe their church discipling them isn't strong. But, you know, we can look at all kinds of different, like, causes for why people confess and and say I'm not a confessing Christian anymore but the truth of the matter is that they were never of us yeah right they the scripture talks about um, they went out from us to show that they were never of us that's first yep. John 2 19 I think yes yeah. Yeah. So, yeah so so the idea there is they're walking away from the faith mm-hmm. but they never truly, had a saving faith in the first place. Right. And we'll get there, but let's let's talk about some more reasons why people decide to walk away from the church. We said they have questions that aren't answered, but let's look at another one. Maybe somebody's hurt mm. by church leadership where someone operates in a way or does something that they don't agree with and it causes them to le- be hurt, you know, emotionally, right. and they leave the faith. So they make an emotional decision yep. over, you know, standing on a foundation of truth. Yeah. So they, they essentially walk away from the church because someone hurt me, which is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. But to walk away from the church is to walk away essentially from obedience to God because of what a man did yeah. or a mistake that was made. It's a way to not confront sin in your life into to put the sin to death in your life. For example, Jesus says we are to forgive somebody 70 times seven. And that doesn't just mean, I wish I could do that quick math in my head. Maybe that's 490. Um, not going there. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's just what my brain was thinking, but that means exponentially. You're always to forgive your Christian brother, you yeah. know, but there's times where people will join a church solely based on the community. Sure. Not necessarily focusing on Jesus. Jesus says you have to, if, if you don't hate your mother, hate your sister, hate your brother, hate your father, which is if you don't love me more than you love them, then then don't come to me. Yeah. Right? So yeah. if someone's leaving the church over, let's say, a church leadership disagreement that they may have when the elders are actually still acting according to biblical principles, yeah. or they're been hurt in a community where someone has sinned against them, uh 
what, what were they there for in the first place? Were they truly to grow and become sanctified? Because when you're with other sinful people, sanctification occurs because we're all sinners. Sure. And God yeah. uses that in our relationships with one another in our lives to help us grow, right? We want our brothers to rebuke us when we're in error. Yeah. You know, we don't want someone to just, you know, allow us to keep just living in a sin. Right. Multiplying thing. kisses, what right. the scripture calls it. Just like... Um, not truly loving someone, telling yeah. them that everything that they do is perfectly okay for them, which is not biblical Christianity, right? It's yeah. not what we learn scripture for. It's not why we're sanctified. All scripture is God-breathed, mm. right? And it's profitable for rebuking, teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness. Amen, dude. So we know scriptures, we know the scriptures, you know, for a purpose to help each other in this walk. Yep. Right? So yep. if if you're walking away because you said you're offended by something somebody did yeah. or they hurt you, well, like you said, they probably weren't there to follow Christ in a deep sense. Like right. they weren't submitting to the lordship and supremacy of scripture. They were joining a Christian club to be a part of the there, club. There's there's an emotional trigger that can happen with mainstream evangelical Christianity in the West, right? So let's say they meet these people, they're having a great time, and they say, hey, come, come to my small group. They start going to a small group. They start building this community of uh, believers, right? But what, what tends to happen is, is if there's an emotional draw that brings someone to salvation, so I want to make the qualification here stating that there are people who may leave the, the church, but still be saved in a sense yeah. because they're not necessarily knowledgeable or being led well. And that's right. an issue with yeah. uh, modern evangelical Christianity in the West. So they're going to this community, yet then their pastors and their leadership isn't washing them and training them in the word. Like they don't even know maybe that Jesus tells you to always forgive, right? To uh, always forgive your Christian brother, you know? Yeah. And... So since they're not being washed in the word, they're not, their mind isn't being renewed. They don't know how to handle these situations. So they, they dip from the church. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you think that that could also be a, um, that could be a product of people trying to trick others into coming to their church to mm. learn about God mm. rather than preaching the gospel to have them saved? Like, Come to my church because the music is great, or right. come to my church because they'll help you financially. Yeah. So if we're trying to get people in due to a community right. thought, then are we doing them a disservice mm -hmm. and not not calling them to come to church because they need to repent and believe in order to be saved. Wow. Is that a byproduct of that? Oh, dude, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head right there, man. Like the seeker, the seeker, uh, friendly church, the one that wants to please, uh, the world to get the world to be drawn. So drawing the goats with the sheep, right? So I'm not going to say that there's sheep that aren't encouraged by that, but there's, they're going to encourage goats, right? But the church is there to train and discern between the wheat and the tares, sure. right? Because those who, 
if, if, if the Bible is being preached, if the word of God is being preached, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus yeah. separates the wheat from the tares. Yeah. And if the Bible is being preached, the goats, are they're not going to want to be there. They're going to feel uncomfortable right. with the Holy Spirit moving, yeah. you know? So I think I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Like, if there's to be a positive change in the world, most churches should actually be equipping their sheep to going out and actually preaching the gospel. So when new people come to the church, they're, they're not just attracted by entertainment or emotional draws. It's literally God who did the drawing to draw the people sure. into the church. Sure. Yeah, it's it's like if if it's if it's about if it's about things that are pleasing to the person, mm. then it's not about repentance and faith in Christ. It's about what? It's about a great music. It's about um, life coach preaching yeah. to help you feel good about yourself. And as soon as that changes to the truth of the gospel, well, then I'm dipping. Right. right? I'm yeah. out. I mean, the Holy Spirit confronts you to make changes in your life. It convicts you of your sin. Yeah. But churches who aren't preaching repentance, if they're not preaching and teaching someone how to put their sin to death, they're literally just helping people become complacent with their sin. Yeah. So a biblical church doesn't practice that because they preach the word of God, which tells us to get on our knees that we're sinful people in need of a holy God yes. who died for us. And like you said, the Bible is the word of God. It's his special revelation outside of our sinful nature that he's revealed to us to discernment, to, to be able to discern what truth actually is and what sure. we need in life. Like, So what you're saying is you shouldn't be going to church. Church shouldn't be making you feel super comfortable all the time. Yeah, no way. You should not be like, I'm super cozy in my seat all the time every time I come to church. Church should make your butt squeeze around in that seat a little bit and shift around and be like... <sighs> yeah, you should feel conviction. Like if we go back and you go listen to Jonathan Edwards' uh, sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, or George Whitfield's sermons for that time frame where they were preaching and these massive revivals were happening in our country, those sermons are not light topics. You know what I mean? But it's, it's real, it's true, because... The truth, the trueness of our human condition is the fact that we will die. We will die. Yep. It's coming. It's promised for all of us. Yep. So we have an eternity in hell without Jesus. Right. Right. Facing the wrath of God that cannot be quenched by any human means. Right. And then we ha we can have eternal uh life through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins so we can stand justified before God. Right. Like there's there's a there's a this this life is short compared to eternity. Sure. Right? And that's it's a very important thing that I don't think Pat like that many modern evangelical churches may preach on nowadays. Like you said, it's like life coaching. Right. Right? Well to the person who's going to die, you know what sounds great is repeat this prayer. Mm. You're going to heaven. Mm. Don't change your life at all because you you're fine. That sounds great to everyone, yeah. right? That doesn't sound bad to anyone. Well, you're saying I don't have to change. You're saying I repeat this prayer. I come to church and I go to heaven so that when I die, I escape the flames of hell. That sounds great to everyone. Who, yeah. do, who, who doesn't that sound good to? <laughs> right. And the, there would be no surprise why someone would leave the church, right? Right. Uh, the conviction wouldn't be there. It's just like, oh, well, I don't even need to go to church. And yeah. I'm not even saying, I'm not saying that you have to go, 
that church is a prerequisite of your salvation. I would say that it's an actual showing of the faith that you have. The fruit. Yeah, the fruit that we have by God saving our souls. But yeah, man, like you, you said it, dude. You said yeah. it. Yeah. So seeker friendly can be, there's, it can be a, a there's a byproduct of seeker friendly evangelism mm-hmm. that you're joining a Christian club yeah. rather than you need salvation you need repentance and faith to mm-hmm. be saved from your sin yeah and what that truly looks like and discipleship mm-hmm. so so something too that's huge in churches and why people walk away from the faith or even are pushed away um, is the idea of church discipline oh okay and church discipline which is biblical yeah first uh, Corinthians 5 uh, and what is it Matthew 13 Matthew 18, I believe, 18 or 13, where it talks about if a brother's caught in sin, you are spiritually, should restore him gently. Mm -hmm. If they aren't restored, then you go to the church. The church comes to them. And then it's interesting what Scripture says because Scripture talks about whatever is bound on earth is also bound in heaven. Whatever Mm -hmm. is loosed on earth is also loosed in heaven. And I remember one of our sermons that, Pastor Jeff gave, um, where he was talking about the church having the authority to put someone out of the church oh, excommunication. and excommunicating them in hopes that they would be come to restored, yeah. they would come to faith. But the idea, and in 1 Corinthians 5, it says that you are handing them over to Satan to have their flesh like beat up, with them. Yeah. and the hope is that they would be saved spiritually yeah. by Christ. So, you know, people all the time are put out of the church because they are excommunicated from it and they're hurt by that. Right. They are hurt by that. But we need to see that that is actually a biblical reason if someone is in sin, Mm -hmm. is actively in sin and unrepentant and continues in that sin. Well, then it says there's examples in scripture that the church gives put that person out of the church right yeah and i mean there's there's two ways to look at it one way is that this person's in sin and we want them to come to a knowledge of saving faith in god or come to repentance maybe they're just being stubborn for a time the other the other option is is that we need to protect the sheep right that there's a reason why uh yeah. church discipline happens and people become excommunicated and it diff- biblical church discipline and excommunication is different than cults dif- disfellowshipping people right so the cults in regards to disfellowshipping people like the Jehovah's Witnesses, they say with disfellowship, you, you're not saved until you're allowed back in our church, right? So they hold the keys to someone's eternal uh, salvation or just uh, soul sleep. But you just have to do. agree with their doctrine in order to do so. Right, and you have to follow the ordinances that the Watchtower Tract Society puts in place to come back to repentance. They literally have a handbook of what to do in every single okay. situation. Guess what our handbook is? It's the Bible. It's not necessary. It's not Not written by a governing board of people. So there's a difference between like a cult-like disfellowship, which I want to make that clarification for anyone who's listening that may have not really heard of biblical uh, discipline and go, oh, that's weird. There's Christians who excommunicate. Sounds pretty cultish. Yeah. Or even who are like, oh, I'm hurt by that. That's wrong (laughs) because they don't have a understanding of what scripture says Mm -hmm. and maybe there you know i'm not not to say that there aren't some churches that use that 
un, in an unbiblical oh, way. Oh, I'm sure there are. That put people out for things that aren't consistent with Scripture. Or, you know, maybe they didn't go through a process of excommunicating. They're like, hey, we're grabbing you and you're out of here. Right. When the process is usually like... Two to, two to three independent lines of testimony. And like continuing to try and get them to come to repentance for whatever sin that may be. Right. But at the same time, let's think about this. It's like church is for Christians because church is for people to worship and and learn about God and to mm. praise God, right? Yes. So let's talk about, like you said, protecting the sheep. Well, what is evidence that someone doesn't truly know God that they're um, a, a goat, as you said, mm-hmm. is that they continue to practice sin, right? Right. First John t- uh, 2, 3 through 4. Mm-hmm. You claim that you know God, yep. but you continue to practice yep. lawlessness. sin, yeah. lawlessness, and that shows that you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Yeah. So the continued practice of sin without repentance is evidence, it's fruit that you don't truly know God. And church steps in and they're like okay you're in sin actively and this sin we're calling you to we're aware of it you need to turn from this practice of sin like you know adultery or you know what whatever that looks like and it's it's their job like you said to protect the sheep mm-hmm. right to protect the church their pastors over the church and They've been given biblical ordinances for putting somebody out of the church. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're stepping outside of their bounds. Yeah, not by, by no means are they stepping outside of their bounds. And people will use that, who've been put out of the church, to say, well, I'm done with Christ. I'm, I'm, but really, it's like what you said earlier, they are choosing their sin over their the lordship of Christ. This, this this is the thing. Like when we go to church, we go to church to worship Jesus. We go to church to better know Jesus by the expository preaching of our pastor who's drawing out truth from the scriptures that the Holy Spirit has gathered together that all testify about Jesus Christ, right? We're not going there just to have communion with other believers. We're not right. going there just for emotional experiences. We're not going there to see miracles. Right. We're, we're not. That's These things are blessings that come from worshiping God in spirit and truth. But people see the blessings and they get enticed by it. Just like the Pharisees who challenged Jesus after yeah. he fed the group of 5,000 men and they said, well, show us, show us some more miracles. He says, well, don't you know that I am the bread from heaven? Tripping them out a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And then they don't want to hear what he has to say. And he says, well, in John 6, he's like, there's a reason why you don't want to hear what I have to say is the Father hasn't given you to me. Right. right? All that the Father gives to me will come to me. And it'll yep. be the will of the Father that I lose not one of them, but raise right. them up on the last day. Right. Right? So when we go to church, we go... For God, we should be going for God right. only. Right. And people, I would say, typically leave the church when the relational aspect of going there humbly as a sinner uh, to worship God is not there. Right? Like so, 
So how does that happen? How does that occur, Dusty? Like, wh- what is the gospel? What makes somebody want to go to church to lay their lives down to look at Christ only? Well, that's God granting them that repentance, right? First, showing them their sin, right? Exposing that, leading to the knowledge of the truth, right? Mm. Leading to the knowledge of the truth. And then God granting them, giving them faith, right? As a gift. That is a gift of God. A gift. It is a gift. It's a gift gift. So what you're saying then is our preaching from the pulpit shouldn't be to tickle the ears tickle the ears or to just reach the newcomer we shouldn't cater our message to to fit the new person in church <laughs> to reach the new person at church this is what you say you are a wicked person from conception you are a born sinner you are on one default destination and that destination is hell There is nothing you can do by your own hands that will make you righteous in front of a holy God. You were born wicked. Yep. Your your hands can't build you anything to take you from the grave. It'll only make you comfortable laying in it, right? Yes. The only thing that you can do to come to faith is give it up. Rest on the completed work of Christ, who is God in the flesh, who came and lived a perfect life, perfectly obedient to the law, who died on the cross for our sins, rose again who is living and reigning now placing all things under his feet right that's that's how you actually reach somebody right but i think what you're saying is the definition of how do you reach somebody now is how do you get more one two three four five six seven eight nine ten how do you get more numbers in your church right and how do you keep them coming back what's your retention rate the gospel's not obviously right no it's not Hmm. because to one it's either hardens your heart or to other your heart has already been softened and it's ready to receive that message and God does both of those things, mm. right? So so let's look at that. So, you know, churches that are sticking to scriptural preaching, they're not looking to tickle ears, they're following biblical truth and that is offensive to some and to others, it's our hope, right? Amen. Because it's not us, it's not our hands doing it, right? It- and who is who is the head of the church? Christ is head of the church. So so let's think about this too. So let's say pastors who then leave the faith. They're supposed to be under shepherds, right? Jesus is still the shepherd. He's still the head of the church. Like it says in in first John, uh, John 2:19, they depart from us because they never were of us and God makes it evident he yes. shows it that they were never of us. So Jesus is still sanctifying his church. So we have someone who comes in as a wolf among the sheep. Yeah. Jesus will handle them. He will, he will yeah. make it known because he is alive and living today, but he's living on a heavenly throne, guiding and holding all things together by the word of his power. So he will separate it. I say that apostasy and leaving the church is the greatest sign that the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the church today because he is protecting his people. Yes. And he is holding us together. Yes. Instead of actually people having this fear of eternal security, uh, or their assurance of salvation by seeing some famous person fall away. Right. No, they should be clinging to it ever the more greater right. because he is protecting us right. from people who are trying to deceive us. Yes. And you know what's interesting in, in the parable we were talking about for with the tares and the wheat. Well, what is the, 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 they, go, they go to the, they go and they say, 
well, should we pull this out now? All right, right. And he says, no, let it grow. Mm. So there is growth there. Wow. Right? Yeah. So the wheat grows and the tares grow. Mm. And eventually with that growth, the separation happens. Wow, dude. That's that's heavy because think about how God says that as unbelievers, and I was once until God washed me clean and saved my life, that we are storing up wrath. Think, think about that in the sense when he says, let them grow. He could make it to where it doesn't happen at all. But God will be just in their condemnation, sure. especially for ones who try to deceive the sheep. Let them grow. Let their wrath store up and up and up. Because when the fire consumes them, it's going to be that much stronger of a fire. It's going to burn that much brighter because they were allowed to grow for a certain amount of time. And God will be glorified through that. Yeah. So it's it's evident that we that people are growing in the church. They're mm-hmm. in there. But there will be a time. A, ta- a time where they're taken away yep. and they're thrown into the fire. And it's interesting where, you know, that parable comes right after this parable of the four seeds. Oh, okay, yeah. Right? The parable of the sower. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it talks about just all different seeds, right? Where they fall and where they land. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you know, it talks about the things of the world that choke them out or the yeah. enemy coming and stealing them away because yeah. they don't understand. Or not good soil for it to plant and the sun chokes it up, burns it up. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, walking away from the church after being in the church for a long period of time is something that's absolutely possible. Yeah. But it's important to know that they walked away from the church because they were never of God's people, Mm. that God didn't lose those people. Yeah, he loses not one. He loses not one, John 10. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He loses none. So, you know, let's let's talk about that. What does it mean uh, if someone falls away from the church? If someone's like, I don't need church anymore. And we kind of talked about this um, before we got on where we were saying, well, if someone walks away from the church, essentially what they're saying is their desires are more important than obedience to God because church is instituted by God. It is not a man-made thing. Mm, transcends uh, all bounds of what men want to do right. with our lives. We don't want to take a day out of our time to worship the holy God. Yeah, God. it says God appointed some to be pastors, Mm. to be evangelists, to be teachers. Mm. God gives us structure for how the church is to be run, right? Who's supposed to do what in church? Mm -hmm. So it's instituted by God. It's not a man-instituted thing. So it's important to say that when we're walking away from the church, essentially we're walking away from God and obedience. Because what is the church as well? The church is Christ's bride, Right? He's perfecting his bride. And he's perfecting his bride. Active participation. Yes. So, as walking away from the church means you're walking away from Christ, in a sense. Because mm-hmm. he commands us to be in the church. He says, do not forsake the assembly. Yeah, yeah. And he has instituted that, um, and we are his bride. So, let's, let's talk about that a bit. So, if we have no role in our salvation... 
and we walk away from the church, like Romans 8, 29 through 30, it says that God foreknew those. Oh, okay. Right? Golden chain of redemption the golden here. chain of redemption, right? Who He foreknew, predestined to be conformed to the image of Son, that mm-hmm. we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, justified. Those he justified. So we look at that process, right? These are all the things that God <laughs> d- did yeah. and does. Right. Right? Nowhere in there do we see man had role in that. So it's not as if God is losing out on those who are saved because he justifies, he glorifies. glorifies. So that's, and and other scriptures where it talks about he who began a good work in you will carry that out unto completion. Philippians 1, 6. So so it's just like God loses none. God is in charge he is carrying us through the process from death to eternal life he is in that so if someone is walking away from that we need to know that it wasn't god who right. lost them they're in rebellion to the king yeah because the truth is is that lord jesus christ the messiah is the king of the universe he is the king over all things that he has created, Colossians 1, 16, John 1, you can go on. He's created all of it, so he has authority all over all things. So if you're walking away from a standard, we'll go back to his standard, like the standards of worship. If you're walking away because you have an issue, you're walking away from the standard that he's revealed to you. So for an example, um, there's a famous person now who is in a band who has recently just announced leaving leaving the faith and i was reading through the article and one of his arguments was well i was reading through the passages and i saw and it just was clear to me that women weren't supposed to be in worship or not worship they weren't supposed to be pastors and he had an issue he had an issue with that so here we go he has a moral claim deposit against the moral absolute giver number one big issue not understanding how morality and knowing what you know, come, how that even comes about, right. to have an argument, to formulate one. And then he says, well, he goes to his pastor, and the pastor says, well, maybe you need to read the original language in order to get a better understanding. So he doesn't give him an answer. He doesn't give him an answer. And then he, so then he goes, well, I thought that the Bible was supposed to be uh, not so misconstrued with these translations. The whole translation of the text yeah. conversation again, which these are... These are conversations and these are uh, issues that should be addressed, I I would say, early on in someone's Christian walk because the answers are very simple. Yeah. Uh, And so since he had these issues, wasn't getting the answers, but he found that during due to the current social climate of the United States of America, he thought that the moral high road was one that he walked, not God, by saying that that's not that's not really women's rights in there. That I'm finding in the Bible. Right. So, So yeah, so it goes back to Romans 1, right? Mm-hmm. You trade the truth of God in for a lie. You say these things aren't, this, this is not good, this is good. Hmm. And what is that a result of? It's Rebellion. worshiping the creature hmm. rather than the creator. Right. Because the Creator gives us the standards, and whether we like them or not, those are the standards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, death, death, 
we all die. That shows you the outcome of not living to the standard of God. You yes. cannot escape it, whether you like it or not. Yeah. We see the outcome of living a sinful life, and that is death. It faces us every single day. Death's at the door knocking. You're not promised tomorrow. Yeah. That sh- We should look at that, and we should say, wow, I need a Savior, right. and His Word rings true because he yeah. says right when you believe in him right when you're granted repentance and faith that you have eternal life then right at, that, very at moment, that moment at that moment yes. there's a reason you die it's because we fall short of the glory of god yeah. all have fallen short yep. of the glory of god and are in rebellion to yep. god by not worshiping the creator but worshiping like you said the creature yep. and then trying to then say that you are on the moral high road to God by judging him to an, a relative standard of morality due to right. this current social political current social climate political of climate. the United States of America. The question right. is, is do you know Jesus and what would he say to you? Right. He'd say, have you not read the scriptures? Right. Yes. That's where the transformation and the renewal of our souls and our minds comes from. It's the word of God. And I love that you said that because so many people like to use the what would Jesus do, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And say that he's true. loving and he's he would never call me or call me on this or judge me. But how many times did he say, have you not read? And appeals to the word of God. And he appeals to the word of God. The word incarnate. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He is the Word incarnate. Amen. So for you to say that the Word of God doesn't matter, just the person of Jesus, or to say that God wouldn't, Jesus wouldn't point you back to Scripture and say, "Have you not read?" Well, that's uh, a con- contrary to His character and who He Ooh, is. This this is heavy, bro. So we can throw out now too. Second Second Corinthians eleven verse four. Paul warns about those who preach about a different Jesus, a different gospel who have accepted a different spirit. It's like you said, they say, well, what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do in this situation? They usually then talk about some type of God that is accepting of all things. Right, doesn't call anybody to turn from their sin or repentance, call unbelievers to repent. We we should be warned about that. And the only way we can actually know who Jesus is is through his revealed word. John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Thy word is truth. Like you said, John 1, Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. Then we have revelation and we have a picture of Jesus that people don't really think about. Out of his mouth comes the double-edged sword. His feet are like bronze and like brass sure. and that he is crushing his enemies and there's yeah. blood that blood. stains up his garments. Yeah. Like, that's Jesus. So, so what they're, what they might say is the God of the old Testament, he's the mean God, Jesus of the new Testament. He's the nice God. But then when we get to revelation, which God is that? No, I love it. I love this <laughs> because Hebrews chapter one explains this perfectly. It's, this is God when he's bringing uh, Jesus, this is God the Father when he's bringing the Son into the world. There's a conversation that's happening here. And he says to Jesus, and he says, You, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth. Uh, oh, wait, no, hold on. I just I, I went a little bit too far in the verse. He says this. He says, And you, God, have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Referring to Jesus. Right. The passage I was quoting earlier is right after that. Mm-hmm. He's referring to Jesus. What does this mean? That means all throughout the Old Testament... Jesus was there. Isaiah 9, 6 calls Jesus the everlasting father. Sure. Why is that? 
It's not because he is just a mode of the Father, right. which a lot of cults like to take and twist, like Oneness Pentecostals, among others. No, if you look at the, the, the language it was written in, it actually refers to him as being the father of a nation or like the father of eternity in itself, not God the Father. It's not to get right. confused with that. Right. So what we know about Jesus in regards to this Old Testament God, New Testament God, no, it's, he's always been there. Sure. That's the point of Jesus. He is the one who's been with us. He was the great I am at the burning bush. He says, unless you believe that ego I me, right. you will die in your right. sins. He's yeah. trying to make it as plain as day. Yeah. When uh, Abraham's going to sacrifice Isaac on the altar, he says, thank you for not withholding your only son from me. Yes. I will provide the sacrifice. Pro- talking about himself. Yeah. The yeah. whole time. Jesus has always been there. And if you have an issue with the wrath of God portrayed in the Old Testament, you're going to have an issue at the culmination of the world judgment when the wrath of God will be displayed a thousand times hotter than it ever was in the Old Testament. Sure. The cities will burn with a fire hotter than Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. just, that's just the point of it. Yes. He says it, it's going to be worse than for the, which city is it that Jesus is talking about when I don't know. Is it? It's not Bethsaida. It's some city. He says that it's going to be worse for you than Sodom and Gomorrah on the days yeah. that come. Like, that's what Jesus says. Yeah. So let's let's think about this. Let's kind of like wrap this up in yeah. what what does this mean for Christians? What what should Christians be doing? What should churches be doing? We're not pastors. Let's no. put that out. We're not elders of a church. No. So what does this look like? What advice could we give to Christians in churches and even, you know, encouragements could we give to pastors who are maybe thinking of becoming a seeker-friendly church, taking out sin in their messages, uh, not calling people to repentance, but rather uplifting them with life coaching? What what could we say to them? We, We would say... Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it first off. We need to be committed and we need and we need to have all of our churches, Christian churches, Bible believing churches, return to the word of God as the absolute standard, yep. as important before culture, moral relativism, all of these things. Absurdity absurdity the standard has to be the word of god from beginning to end and our pastors they need to be equipped to handle questions like well it doesn't say that women could be pastors yeah can you like that doesn't seem like loving to me how that doesn't seem like women's rights can you explain this to like obviously there's going to be things that we learn over time. Right. But these have to be questions that can be answered by pastors, right, to their flock. Yep. And, this, you know, that person, whether that was the issue that they walked away from the church or not, the truth was they never were of God's people right. in I mean, that circumstance. God separates the wheat from the tares, and we have his word as a guide in order to see what's happening in someone's life, right? Right. With love, we want them to know who the Lord is. I'd say for anyone, like you said, some advice, I'd say Jesus says this. He says, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. Sure. And if you're having questions about trying to change all of these things to be something like seeker friendly or 
I would say read the book of Re- read the first three chapters in the book of Revelation when Jesus is giving all his warnings to those seven churches. He says this to every single one of them, I know thy works, which yes. means he knows if you're doing it for him. Yep. And he knows if you're not doing it. He knows it for the heart, him. he knows the motives, yep. he guides the steps. And I, I want to make this clear. I'm not saying that if you walk away from a church hurt, that that means you are absolutely not saved. Right. I want to make that clear. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. God only knows that. Yeah. Right? But what I am saying is you need to check yourself. Who are you there for? Who are you there for? Who are you following? Are you following church leadership and worship pastors and good music and moral teaching? Or are you surrendering to the lordship of christ because mm. if you're surrendering to the lordship of christ christ commands us to be in the church yep. he's instituted it. it's his bride right it's a blessing to us it is it helps us yeah it sanctifies us it's yeah it's it's not about church is not about me it's right. about god it's about what god does through his people yep he's washing his bride clean and so we're to wash our brides in the word, right? Amen, yeah. dude. Yes. But yeah, so so churches, what can they do to to they need to be in the word. The word needs to be the absolute that's, standard. That's the answer. That's it. That's the answer. They need to know their scripture. They need to have their minds transformed by the renewing of their minds in the word. Yep. They need to not give in to culture to tickle people's ears, right? Because those people will not stay in mm. the end. God will remove them, regardless of if you think you're, you know, filling seats and helping people and all of these things. Well, in the end, what is done in darkness will be brought to the light. Yes. And people's hearts will, the true motive of their heart will be exposed wow yeah that's that's good man and and don't they in churches shouldn't fear the state they shouldn't fear the state right god has lordship over all of those things jesus christ does if they're in rebellion to him judgment will come but don't be the state that bows its don't be the church that bows its knee to the state when the state is in rebellion to the king sure don't yes. don't be that church. Stand up for what the Bible says in His Word. Do not be ashamed of Jesus. Yeah. Do not. Be, do, that's it right there. You may suffer. You will suffer. That's yeah. one of the things that Jesus promises over it. all things. Is you're gonna suffer, but yeah. it's a it's a it's a benefit and it's a gift to us to partake in the suffering of Christ. Yes. We that's that's the only way how change happens in this world is preaching the gospel and the suffering of His church. And I love what Marcus Pittman said shout out to marcus Pittman. he said okay well government said that church is essential again (laughs) if you disobey romans 13 yes then you're in rebellion i love that that was that was fire yes so you have to go back to church right now yeah there you go (laughs) according to according to government control see that's calling people on their bluff dude it's calling people on their bluff right love it yeah you know it's interesting and this is just a side note but i had a brother uh reach out and and he asked, you know, my church says that, you know, if we protest the government, we're in rebellion against God. Like we're essentially, we're disobeying God in doing so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said, what should I do? And I said, you know what? This is what his pastor told him. And I said, I don't think your pastor really believes that. I think he says that, right. but I don't think he truly believes that. Let's put that to the test. Ooh, that's okay, good. I like that. Government now says 
you cannot be a Christian. You have to renounce your faith to leave the state mm. or to, to live in the state. Are you still not to speak up and protest your government? Or the, the state says, you're not allowed to be a husband or a father anymore in our state. I'm taking your wife and your children away. Are you still not to protest against the government? Love it, dude. That's, that's he doesn't perfect. truly. Be- he doesn't truly believe that. Yeah, he he doesn't. No, I mean you. There's a, we we need to honor the people that God put in place, right? Yes. To be the sword to punish the wicked and uh, praise the ones who do good, right? Uh, and the times we should protest is when their authority overreaches what it should be in God's word, right? Like it's it's the headship issue as well with a woman submitting to her husband. If her husband though is not submitting to Christ and he's beating her. His authority is gone. He has diminished his authority because he no longer bows the knee to Jesus. It's the same exact thing with the government if we're going to think of Romans 13. If they're going to go over their authority, because again, this is the point I'm trying to make when I talk about Jesus being king, is that he, we, we dumb this down so much, but this is it. This is how simple it is. He is alive and he is reigning now at the right hand of the father. He is king. He has a glorified body. Yes. Right? So if the state is not in subjection to their master, then what? whose authority should we listen to? We should obey God rather, rather than, than man. man. As Acts shows us, Peter, when when they're beaten, right? Like you said, you, we, that's it, right? We must obey God rather than man. If you're obeying God, you're overlooking offenses in the church by, by things that happen in your community. I was just thinking the same exact thing to bring yeah. it right back to leaving the church. I was if thinking you're the leaving thing. the church because of a relational or you're hurt, it's your, oh, you need to obey God rather than man. And yes. God says to be in the church, do not forsake it, that it's something that he institutes, that it's his bride. <clears throat> That's it. Die, die to yourself. Yeah. It. Well, man, it's been a great discussion. Yeah, that was great. I'm excited about this. Me too. And uh, any final words? No, that was that was good. I'm I'm just uh just honored to be here. We always get we always get fired up when you get to talk about yeah. Jesus and His Lordship and yes and stuff. It's just so good. I yes. Love that. Well, as we always say, thank you guys for tuning in and comb out your beard in the way that it should grow, and when it is long, it will not depart from it. Love you guys. God bless. Sedition versus submission Sinners need forgiveness Surrender to his lordship Don't extort the grace he's given See I'm blessed by the one Yahweh All day I'm a wretched sinner Deserve hell for all ways